and we're recording. What's up, guys? It's Don. Coming at you live from the wood paneling, Punani Palace. We got a whining dog in the background. Probably going to shoot her during the shooting of this podcast. So if you hear a loud bang and then tears, that's just me. Don't worry about it. Joined today by Damo. Hi, how are you? Ass-eating extraordinaire and Bundo, the Prince of Punani. Hey, guys. Have you ever waken up and been really hungry after a night of drinking? But you don't want that greasy fast food breakfast? Well, I know a place. Assuming restaurant Houghton. Home of the Nisu French toast and cheap coffee. Go on in and eat a cheap but delicious breakfast. Assuming restaurant of Houghton. <laughs> the uh, the free addery is, is flawless. I'm a big fan. All right, so last week... Uh, lot a lot of good games going on i mean there was two games that were decided by more than five points or less otherwise it was totally between two to five points difference in score usually right around two to three uh so we can go over that now yeah the packers at seattle thursday night seattle comes out on top by three 27 24 Titans go to Indy to play the Colts, end up getting pounded by 28 points. Uh, Titans, I don't know what the fuck you're doing or what's going on there, but uh, figure it out. Bucks at Giants. Giants win again, 38-35. Steelers go to Jacksonville and win, 20-16. Yikes, boring game. Panthers go to Detroit and lose, 20-19. Weird. Cowboys go to Atlanta and win, 22-19. Bengals go to the Ravens, lose, 24-21 Ravens. Texans head to Washington and win, 23-21. Ravens go to Arizona and win, 23-21. Broncos go to L.A. to play the Chargers and win, 23-22, the last second field goal. Shout out, Sortland Cut, Cortland Sutton. Fuck you, Demarius Thomas. We don't miss you. Eagles at the Saints. Eagles get absolutely annihilated by 41 points, 48 to 7. Vikings go into Chicago and lose, 25-20. Rams, Chiefs, Jesus Christ. 105 total points, over 1,000 yards of offense, three defensive touchdowns, 54-51 Rams win in regulation. Might have been the greatest game I've ever watched in my life, honestly. Yeah. It was fantastic. I just tuned in here or there between games of PUBG, but it was every time I tuned in, someone else was winning. What they should do is just not even have the Super Bowl and just have like a best of seven series between the Rams and the Chiefs. <laughs> I think the Chiefs would win uh, four to one in that seven game series. Really? I do. I think they would. Maybe four games in LA, three games at Kansas City. I, yeah, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs. If they played the Rams ten times, the Chiefs win seven times. I just think the Chiefs are a better football team. I'd probably say Rams six. Yeah, Chiefs four. I was talking mad shit to Brett Haas on the uh, Xbox Live party when Mahomes threw that pick six. Got like, oh, a little Texas Tech throwback. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
as well you know Mahomes did light it up you know touchdowns and passing yards wise but he also did have five turnovers so yeah three yeah. picks two something, fumbles uh, something to look at especially the Rams defense is not uh, obviously not that good considering they gave up 51 points Talib can come back week 13 as well so there's that yeah well Man. Be stealing somebody's chain of some sort. I'm 100% sure he'll do that. Like a bitch that he is, but still pretty good defensively. The sad part is he did it twice. And uh, the guy taped it down the second time and it still got took. So. Hashtag Michael Crabtree. That's a bitch move. My grandmama gave me that chain. You, put, you come at me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's what you're going to get. Hashtag Richard Sherman. Hashtag irrelevant. Nowadays, yeah. Yeah. Then he wasn't. Definitely He's now. Disco, so, I mean. How them uh, pistachio commercials working out for you, old boy? Hopefully they pay more than the NFL because you got about $4 in guaranteed money coming at you. <laughs> Jesus. What a bum. Before but we anyway. get to anything, do you think the 49ers would have actually been competitive in the NFC North with Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Mm, yeah, 100%. They'd, have been, they'd have been competitive. I don't... 100%. 100%. They would not have won, though. They wouldn't have uh, They wouldn't have won that division for sure because the Rams are so good. Right. They'd compete for a wild-card spot, though. They could. Uh, I think. Yeah, I don't know, though, because... We had. I mean, they would have had to have gone like twelve and four at worst to get the wild card spot, probably at second place in the division. The division's kind of a mess right now. Yeah. Well, considering you got two NFC divisions, standings currently two shit fucking teams. You got. You know, honestly, outside of the Panthers. They probably would have had the wild card spot. Him and the Panthers. Could have. Yeah, I, th- I think if Jimmy G's there, they're making a playoff push anyway. But yeah, I mean the Niners aren't they'd have, really like they'd be in better shape than they are. They're two and eight, but you see strokes of something good here and well, there. It, Kyle Shanahan's pretty a pretty good offensive coach. Yeah. They uh. Yeah, they're struggling all across the board, but offensively, they're a lot better than, like, the Cardinals are. Cardinals are a mess. Yeah, but they are winless on the road. Which isn't good. Not good. To be fair, Denver only has two wins on the road. The Jets are 1-4. and four, Dolphins are 1-4. and four. The Niners are 0-5 on the road. Lions are 1-4. and four. Pack are 0-5 on the road. That's surprising, actually. The Packers going winless on the road this year, especially given the last stretch of their fucking schedule. That's that doesn't look good. If there are any Packers fans listening who are holding on to playoff hopes for Aaron Rodgers, bye bye, bye bye. You are so so wrong. Especially if they lose to Minnesota this week. In Minnesota? In Minnesota? Yeah, no. You're not winning that game. There's a 0% chance. 
that that happens. Okay, maybe slightly higher than zero, maybe like 20. Yeah, they, they uh, with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, you automatically have a 25% chance of winning a game. Yeah. I don't know, the Vikings, though, on the road against Chicago, I mean, they got shut down pretty heavy. Yeah, but the Bears ain't no slouch. I'm pretty, I mean, I think the Vikings' big Achilles heel, honestly, pass defense and no running game. Also, their offensive line, not great. Their offensive line, fucking ass. And I'm not just talking about the Chicago game, because you have two great pass rushers in Chicago. But, I mean, just in general, he's under pressure 65% of snaps. It's not very good. Mm-mm. Not a good, not a good stat line. No, that's that's not good at all. But we all ended up nine and four in picks, and given how many close games there were, I'm not uh, not disappointed by that at all. Not mad about it. Yeah, I'll take that all day with all those games. Uh, we can review our must start must sits from last week. I went five hundred, uh, four and four, too too good, too bad from each. Which is about par for the course for me this year, because I try to pick guys who you might not think would do bad, and then sometimes I'm wrong a lot of the time. But uh, my must starts: Cam Newton against the Lions. I was wrong; he had 24 points. They did lose, but he had 357 yards and three touchdowns. Why are you showing me math? I didn't mean to do that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, running backs had Melvin Gordon, and to start, he had 20 PPR points. Oh, sorry, that was my must-starts. Cam Newton was a good call. He had 24 points. Uh, running back Melvin Gordon had 20. That was pretty good. Uh, Demarius Thomas, after the Broncos game, I thought he'd learn the playbook and maybe get some more targets, but he ended up getting one target, no catches, zero points. Uh, and then I had Zach Ertz against the Saints, and he had three points total, so that's not great. I think he had, like, two catches for... 15 yards. 15 yards, yeah. It's not good. So, 2-2. Two and two. I had... Uh, I was 3-5 three and three and five this week. Not great. Uh, Carson Wentz was my must start. He had zero points. Nobody should have started that motherfucker. Uh, that is Dion. the most shocking number I think I've seen. The, the Carson Wentz... It's zero points against the Saints defense. 156 yards and three picks. Yeah. Against the Saints. Zero totters, yeah. Yeah. They don't have um, a tremendous defense. No, they don't. They look pretty good versus Philadelphia, though. They could run defense. They don't have a very good secondary. Right, yeah. I mean, they allow a lot of, they allow a lot of points to wide receivers and quarterbacks, fantasy-wise. Most of the time, but uh, not uh, not last not week. Past weekend. Yeah. Uh, Dion Lewis. I said start him. Uh, that was a bad call. He had three points. PPR. Jeez. Not good. Um, I said start Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. Those were good calls. 18 points for Brandon Cooks. 17 points for Robert Woods. I said start Austin Hooper. He fucked me. Six PPR points. You fucked me, Hooper. You fucked me good. Disappointing. No. Bundy, you got your shit written down? Yeah, and it's not good. Copy. I went three for eight. 
Because I went out of my comfort zone because I got made fun of last week. So, thanks. Well, if you start all Chiefs offensive players every week, which, I mean, is always a good call. Yeah, anyway. Said to start Deshaun Watson, he got 10 points. Said to start Christian McCaffrey, he got 17. Said to start Julio Jones, he got 23. And said to start Eric Ebron, who got zero. So... Two, two out of two. And then two I said, uh, sit Patrick Mahomes, who got 36. Wow. Said, uh, sit Joe Mixon. He got 14. Said to sit Adam Thielen. He had 15. I said to sit Trey Burton, who had 1.9. Yeah, Can we just I talk mean, about Mixon for a minute? Yeah. He, he actually, he actually had a really shitty game on the ground. He had 12 carries for 14 yards. Yeah. That's good. Just happened to fall in the end zone. Hey, that's like a 1.06 yard average. A carry. Yeah, it was great. Don't, don't you dare smirk at that average. It's a lot. It's three feet every time he touches the ball. Honestly, it's probably better than most. So. Probably not. Probably not. No. Not at all. Uh, not even in high school. Is that good? Nah, high school maybe. No. No. Nah, still no. No, in high school you should be getting at least on twelve carries, like at least one hundred and eighty-seven yards. Yeah, in in high school, yeah. I mean, the, a good running back's gonna get you a hundred. Like if Joe Mixon went and played for the Calumet Copper Kings in the playoffs, <laughs> and you handed him the ball twelve times, he's getting eleven touchdowns. Yeah, at least I think once he maybe bounces out of bounds because he loses his balance. Yeah. But he's getting 11 touchdowns. Joe Mixon's not losing his balance in a high school football field. Let's be real for a minute. Maybe he won. He got he got too fancy with it. Spun out of bounds. We don't know. It's like Madden out here. All right, Don, go over your sits real quick. All right, my sits also two and two. I said sit Andrew Luck against the Titans. Thinking the Titans D would step up for me. They did not. They sucked. Shout out Mo. Your team's garbage. 23 points. Uh, I said, sit Dalvin Cook. That's a good call. He had two points. I said, sit Devontae Adams. Okay, I don't even know how many points he had, but I know it was a fucking lot. 26. Yeah, okay. And then I said, sit Kyle Rudolph, and he sucked. So that was a good call. Three points. Those are my favorite is when uh, you have a wide receiver who doesn't even score a touchdown, but he still gets fucking yeah. 20. Fucking shout out Julio Jones, bitch ass. Fucking yeah. no touchdown, have an ass. Buddy's on a roll. Tutter's yeah. all Tutters every week. But uh Yeah, four total for the year or some shit. Um, I went two and two on my must sits. Andy Dalton, eighteen points for his Baltimore. Didn't see that coming really without AJ Green, but whatever. Uh Joe Mixon had thirteen. Uh Allen Robinson, I said must sit him versus Minnesota at six. That was a good call. And then Benjamin Watson had zero points, and I told you to sit him, and that was correct. Nice. Not bad. So, actually, I did the best on the must-start, must-sits, which should never happen because I'm terrible at fantasy football. Although I am second place in one league, first place in another league, and ninth in one of my other leagues. So, it's a good, happy. I'm averaging, like, fifth place at best. Thanks for Cream Hunt. You're welcome, buddy. I'm holding on to that Le'Veon Bell just to remind myself to never trade ever again for anyone, for any reason. 
Hey. Although Damian did trade me Andrew Luck in like week four. And that has been a great call on his part because I gave him to Sean Watson and he shit the bed a few times. Yeah, luckily I picked Mitchie T off the waiver wire and I've been yeah. fine. Mitchie T's been doing just fine. Can we can we just go over that real quick? I wanted I didn't even want to I didn't even want you didn't Deshaun want Deshaun. You wanted Jared Goff. Yeah. I said no. The wide receiver change was the where I where I won because we did. I gave you Andrew Luck and Alshon Jeffrey. You gave me Deshaun Watson and Juju. Yeah. And Juju Juju paid off, but yeah, Juju's been doing fine. Uh, Alshon's hit and miss here and there, but usually steady fifteen points. Like, not bad. But, and I have Saquon Barkley, so he may, catches up a lot of the slack if I do have a couple that don't do that well. But, like, last week I was playing Nate, and he had a lot of Chiefs players. Uh, if the Chiefs are putting up 51 points and he has three or more Chiefs offensive players, you're not winning that game. There's a 0% chance. I don't care if you get 30 points across the board because he's going to get 36 across the board. I'll put that uh, Chiefs thing into perspective for you. I uh, I was down by two going into that game, and the guy. What wow. The fuck was that? That was my. It was a lot. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, I was down by two going into that Monday night game. I had Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyree Kill Ooh. and. And Robert Woods. Oh. And I ended up winning by 90. Yeah. Yeah. I had Robert Woods in the league as well. He did He did just fantastic. Um, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think Nate had Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. Or no, he had Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and... Yeah, I just had the kicker for... He had Zerline. Oh, I had Zerline, Zerline, yeah. Okay. But either way, he had two players for the Chiefs that went... Just absolute fucking ape shit. So, unfortunately for me, I dropped another one. One that lost like three of my last four. Not good. Not good. I'm starting Andrew Luck this week, though. Change of pace, plus Jared Goff's on a bye. Mm-hmm. All right. We going over uh, matchups for this week or what? Yeah, you got the spreads on them, bad boys? Oh, yeah, big time. All right, then. All right, start off Thursday morning game. Bears 7-3 and three at the Lions 4-6. and six. Chicago's favored by three, and there's an over-under. The over-under is 44. Mitchie T, questionable. Mitchie T is going to play. I'm done doubting the Bears. Bears win. Bundy? Yeah, obviously, if Mitchie T plays, it's the Bears' victory, but if he doesn't, probably not going to win, but Bears. I think the Bears can win with their defense alone, and if Mitchie T doesn't play, Chase Daniel's going to come in. No idea what the fuck's going to happen, but if Chase Daniel plays, uh, it's going to be a big Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen day, I would have imagined, but we'll see what happens. In the the, uh, preseason... Chase Daniel ran the offense better than fucking Mitchie T, but we'll see what I, well, I don't know. He knows it pretty well, anyhow. Been in it for a while. But, oh, so yeah, we're all in Chicago on that. Fuck the Lions. Thanks. 
All right. Redskins six and four at Cowboys five and five. Dallas is favored by seven and a half. Over under a forty point five. Dallas is only favored that heavily because their quarterbacks could be Colt McCoy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say the Cowboys though. I picked the Redskins just because every time I pick against the Cowboys, they win. So this is just out of straight fandom because that's how loyal I am. So you'll take an L on the uh, picks just to make sure that the Cowboys get a win. Absolutely. Fair enough. That is fair. Um, I'm going to go with the boys at home. I think Zeke's going to have a better day than he did the first time around versus the Redskins. And uh, Redskins aren't going to get anything going offensively, I don't think. so. Sleeve Zeke is a bad man. Ever since he's put on the long sleeves. He's been a bad man. <laughs> Them sleeves, though. Sleeves. All right. And then we got uh, Falcons 4-6 and six at the Saints 9-1. and one. Saints are favored by 13. Uh, well, they should be favored by 33, so... Yeah, should be. Fantasy football-wise, I want everything to do with this game. Oh, both, both sides of the ball. Well, Falcons offensive players and New Orleans offensive players, I want both. That's but fair. I'm on, the, I'm on the Saints at home. Don, are you on the Saints? Everybody on the Saints? Uh, yeah, 100% Saints. Yeah. Um. I said this earlier to DJ. If the Saints get home field advantage in the playoffs, look out for look for the Saints to be in the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. They look fucking. They look. They look really good right now. They look good anywhere right now. Yeah. So. All right, moving to Sunday games. 49ers two and eight at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers three and seven. Oh. Tampa Bay is favored by three and a half. <laughs> Tampa Bay is actually favored in that game. That's crazy. Um, yeah, I'm taking the Niners. Taking Tampa Bay. You think Jameis Winston is going to look like a starting quarterback this week? Probably not, but. The Niners are the Niners, so. I'm going to say the Niners this week simply because Tampa Bay's defense is so bad. Is Peterman playing? Who? Peterman got cut. Not Peterman. Fucking Beathard. I have no idea. Because if Beathard is playing, I'd probably take San Francisco, but. If he's not playing, I'm not taking San Francisco. I think I'm taking San Francisco either way. Big time. Uh, all right, Patriots seven and three at the three and seven Jets. Patriots favored by nine and a half. Patriots should be favored by nineteen and a half. Patriots. Yeah. Patriots, I don't know. Uh, they've already lost three games, and that's like their usual like max for like five seasons. So I don't expect them to lose anymore. Yeah. No, they'll lose. Hold on. They'll probably lose once more, I think. If I'm looking at the schedule right. 
I got the patch of this one. I think uh, Sam Darnold's going to throw about three picks. He's already thrown 14 this season, so. it's good. Yeah, he's off to a good start. That's good. Oh. Pats play the Vikings again. Again. Sorry, the Vikings. Because I think it's the Dolphins again. Which isn't necessarily a good game. Uh, the Steelers, which would be a shootout towards the end of the year again. I like those games. Since la- the last year's game was amazing. Um, the Bills, eh. And the Jets. Oh yeah. Okay. They might. They might win out. Steelers game is going to be a tough one. Is it yeah. at? Where is that one? Uh, the Steelers game. Shit. Not a hundred percent sure. There's that. Steelers. It's in Pittsburgh. Ooh. So. That might be a good. That's going to be a good it's game. It's going to be a good game. If it was but, in Foxborough, I'd probably say the Patriots went handily, but Yeah. All right. Well not uh, handily. So everybody's on the Pats on that one. Yeah. Uh Giants three and seven at the Eagles four and six. Eagles are favored by six. Yikes. Over under a forty six. We'll do it live. Giants win in Philly. I'm going to say no, and uh, Philly wins somehow. I don't know how, but... Uh, the Eagles have lost all but one game at home this year. Yeah, but it's that's what That's what I'm going with. I think the Giants, they're feeling themselves a little bit. Saquon's playing out of his mind. They got some receivers. The Eagles aren't doing much good of anything. I, I I feel like this could be the straw that breaks the camel's back and the Super Bowl hangover is real. I uh see. I'm gonna go with Philadelphia. I think Ertz is gonna score a couple touchdowns this week. And uh so is Odell. But uh Philly's going to come out on top. All right. Uh, Raiders, 2-8 and eight at Ravens, 5-5. Five and five. Ravens favored by 10.5. Yeah, Ravens at home against John Gruden's a pretty easy win. Ravens. Ravens, and it's not going to be close. The defense nah. is, that, that defense is way too good for Oakland's offense. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a slaughter. Oh, Jags three and seven at Bills three and seven. Jags are favored by three over under thirty seven and a half. The Jags are three and seven. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that coming. I yeah, I did not see that being their 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 record after ten games. They can't buy uh, a fucking win though. They can't. That being said though, I am gonna take them to beat the Bills. They need, think, yeah, they need I think one. they need it. Not even for playoff hopes, just for morale, just for confidence. I think they're going to win. Come out swinging. 
Yep. Jaguars. Jags all around. Seahawks five and five at Panthers six and four. Carolina's favored by three and a half. Carolina can take their three and a half point favorite. Shove it in their ass. Seattle wins. Seattle wins by seven. Seattle. I like Seattle too. Uh, it is now officially Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin season, which comes in every year around this time, right in time for fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. Doug Baldwin gets it uh, gets it going. So yeah, give me the Seahawks. Um. Browns three six and one at Bengals five and five. Bengals favored by three. Over under forty seven and a half. I'm taking Baker Mayfield and the Browns against the Bengals. I'm like also it. taking the Browns. Bengals look like shit. Browns are coming off of a bye. Nick yeah. Chubb. Nick Chubb's gonna run all over this fucking defense. Regardless, yeah. I'm still taking the Bengals. Sorry, Cleveland. Nice. Cards two and eight at Chargers seven and three. Chargers favored by twelve and a half. Chargers. Taking the uh, taking the Cardinals. Just kidding. No one ever will take them. That's the Chargers. Chargers. Goal. Chargers. Hodges. Goal. Uh, if if the fucking Cardinals win, I'll be I'll be fucking shocked. Twelve and a half point favorites to probably win by more than that. Probably. Okay. Uh Dolphins five and five at the Colts five and five. Indianapolis favored by eight. Indianapolis skimium. They're on our fucking roll. Andrew Luck's gonna throw at least four touchdowns. No, at least three. He's on a roll with them three tutters, so give me Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm going to take the Colts as well. I just think they're doing very well offensively. Uh, defense is kind of coming together a little bit, and the Dolphins are a dumpster fire. So, yep. definitely the Colts. Young horses of Indianapolis, please. All right, Steelers 7-2 and two, seven, two and 1 at the Broncos 4-6. and six. Pittsburgh's favored by 3 on the road. I will say this. If it is snowing at kickoff, taking Denver by three. If it is not snowing at kickoff and the temperature is above 30 degrees, taking the Steelers by six. Yeah, I don't see the Broncos beating the Steelers regardless of elements. So, Yeah, I don't give a fuck what the conditions are outside. Pittsburgh's winning this game. Broncos just beat the Chargers on the road, who are on a six-game winning streak. So I mean, they can easily they can beat the Steelers. There's no um, leave it alone. They can. They probably won't. Don, it's the fucking NFL. The Cardinals can beat the Chargers this week. It doesn't. Yeah, they, could. they could definitely. It doesn't matter. Like we, the Saints are favored by thirteen. Atlanta could easily win. No problem. Good. And nobody should be really 100%. shocked. It's the fuck. It's the NFL, really. That that's why these games. That's why we don't go fucking one hundred percent every week. Yeah, because there's games that 
Because most of the time we pick the game, we pick the guy that you think the team that you think is going to win. Most of the time, yeah. I mean, there's say, we do like throw a, some ninety-eight and a half percent chance Steelers win by at least ten. Yeah. However, stipulation: if it's snowing, Big Ben statistically in the snow, trash. I'd like ben to hear that stat sometime. In the snow, he don't yeah. play in the fucking snow. I can't well, fucking reread. I read it somewhere. <laughs> Reading all about this fucking matchup. Because usually wow. speaking, Denver beats the Steelers, but that isn't with Case Keenum. Case Keenum is the wild card that ruins dreams. Yeah. Um. Sunday night game. Packers four five and one travel to Minnesota to play the Vikings, who are five four and one. Minnesota is favored by three and a half. I'm gonna take the Vikings at home. I like their defense. I think their offense. I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw all over this fucking Green Bay defense. And the Vikings are going to win. And I would take the points if I was betting too. Fair enough. Yeah. Agreed. Give me the... uh, Who's playing? Minnesota and the Packers. The Packers in Minnesota. Give me the the Vikes. Packers season is over. They're a dumpster fire. RIP Mike McCarthy at the end of this year. And Aaron Rodgers ever making the playoffs ever again in his career. (laughs) That's probably a little much, I would say, but we'll see what happens. So, is it though? I'm, uh,. Just because I think the Packers are so fucking far off of what they need to be to be a playoff team. Like like I said earlier, if there are Packers fans listening and you honestly think that your team has a playoff shot, then you are just as delusional as me. And that's not good. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Not good. It's not good. Denver's three and six and like, well, they could still make playoffs. No, no, they can't. It's over, and that's fine. Hope for hope for a good draft, I guess. You're yeah, win two well, more two more games max for the oh, Packers, six and ten at best. We don't know how well John Elway fucking drafts his team. Last year, I was I was good with it, but the six years, seven years before that, not good, not good at all. And then three years from now, this draft that he had last year could look like total dog shit. We don't even know yet. But a lot of the players he drafted this past year are playing well right now. But, again, that could be totally different two years from now. Yeah. The Packers need to just hope for a jewel in the draft to turn things around because they... They don't have they don't have the offensive weapons. Aaron Jones is coming together as of late, but that's you should have been giving him the ball in week three and you weren't, so now it's too late. You traded away any good defensive player you had outside of J.R. Alexander, who could very well be a top five talent, but he's playing on a dog shit defense, so 
Chips over on the Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. I almost wanted to take the Packers, but my sensibility kicked in. And uh, no, just no. It's not a thing. All right, last game, Monday night, Titans, 5-5 five and five at the Texans, 7-3. and three. Texans are on a seven-game winning streak. Um, this is probably one of those games that the Titans are going to win because they just got blown out by the Colts. So look, look, come win this game because they're not supposed to. But yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. But I'm still taking the Texans. Same. DeAndre, as much as that is true, I'm still taking the Texans. Yeah, no, the Titans are a dumpster fire. Giant killers at best. Yeah, and that one, I don't have an over-under or uh, spread yet. It's just not out there. My guess is that Houston's favored by three or six. Or uh, considering, yeah, considering Houston is favored by like 77%, I would say you're probably right. The percent chance of them winning is 77, I think. Something like that. Yeah, not good. So we can move on from that to our must starts. Uh, Quarterback must start. Uh, If you're going the obvious route, Drew Brees, obviously. But then again, if you have Drew Brees in your lineup, you're going to start him no matter who he's playing. Uh, If you're going to go the more not-so-obvious route, maybe you didn't draft a tremendous quarterback in your fantasy football league, I would say Joe Flacco. He's a good matchup this week against the Niners secondary. Um, he might not play, Don. If he doesn't play, then obviously, you know, I'd say start Andrew Luck maybe against the Dolphins or even Andy Dalton against the Browns. But, uh, yeah, if Joe Flacco doesn't play, then there's a lot of good matchups all across the board. Pretty much if you have a starting quarterback and you're kind of bouncing back and forth, there's not a whole bunch of terrible matchups this week. Outside of maybe Matt Stafford. So, no matter what who you put in, you're, you're not doing poorly, I would imagine. Except for Deshaun Watson and Matt Stafford might be the two I probably wouldn't. But right. that's who I have. My must-start quarterback this week, Russell Wilson, versus the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is 25th in points to opposing quarterbacks. And, uh... This is where this is that time of the season where Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin turn it on. It's what I like to call Russell Wilson season. Um, fantasy football playoff time. Russell Wilson gets it going. So does Doug Baldwin. Uh, I think they're going to be something to look forward to in the future. I guess that matchup, or yeah, that, uh, tandem. At least the next three to four weeks. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and say going to have Cousins against the Packers. Cousins had a very good game the first time they met this year. It's also in Minnesota, so I expect a repeat, if not better, performance coming off his poor game against the Chicago Bears. Fair enough. Uh, Running back, I got Phillip Lindsay against the Steelers. I do not like the Steelers' defense. I think they are piss poor. 
I think Philip Lindsay is going to have a lot of touches. I think he's going to have a lot of catches out of the backfield. I don't think the Steelers' secondary is fast enough to catch him in the flat. I think he's going to pick up 10, 12 yards of screen. Uh, look for maybe a couple of touchdowns, at least one. So even if he doesn't have a tremendous day on the ground, he's definitely going to have a day in the air. Because Case Keenum can't throw more than 12 yards anyway, especially not on third and 15. Must start running back Mark Ingram versus Atlanta. Atlanta allows the most points to running backs. Uh, Ingram seems to be on a roll past couple weeks. Um, not to mention, I want, I said this earlier, I want everything to do with this game fantasy-wise. So if I want a player that's not the defense on the Saints or the uh, Falcons, I, will, I want to play him this week. Mark Ingram versus Atlanta. Nice. I'd say uh, on the fly switch here, actually. Ooh. I'd say you're going to want to go ahead and start Zeke Elliott if he's wearing the sleeves. <laughs> it's at home. He's been a completely different running back with the sleeves. He did not have a very good game against the Redskins the first time. So I expect a, a different Zeke Elliott this time around, and I feel like you will have. 100 yards, 50 receiving, and a touchdown, if not two, if not three. It's actually a good call because the Redskins are going to be dealing with Colt McCoy more than likely, and the Cowboys might jump out to like a 10-point lead. And if there's anything I know about Jason Garrett is if he has a lead, he's not going to throw the football or do anything risky at all. So screen passes and runs in the gut with Zeke Elliott. He'd probably have 45 touches. There's that. All right, Don, must, who you got? Must, must start, start wide, wide receiver. receiver. Michael fucking Thomas. Get out of here. Dude's an animal. Playing the worst defense in the NFL almost. Come on. No brainer. You got Michael Thomas. You're starting him. I almost feel like that's a cop out now that I say it, but I'm going to stick is. with it anyway. I mean, it was cop, but I mean, you know, I won't be the one to say anything. Picture easy. Also, Emmanuel Sanders against Pittsburgh would be a good call, but I didn't want to have two Denver players in my must-starts. Don, what the fuck are you doing over there? Peeling off a sticker. Can you stop? (laughs) I can hear it in your mic. Anyway. My must-start wide receiver is uh, Kenny Galladay versus Chicago. Chicago actually allows a lot of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and uh, it's going to be Stafford's main guy, especially if uh, especially if um, uh, Marvin Jones Jr. is out, which he is questionable. I think uh, Galladay is going to get enough work to be in the wide receiver two consideration this week. Nice. Yeah, regardless of how, you know, pretty decent the uh, Tennessee Titans defense is, you're going to want to go ahead and start DeAndre Hopkins because the dude is a mutant, absolute freak. So I expect Sean Watson and DeAndre Hopkins to have a lot of decent connections this week. Start DeAndre Hopkins. You'll catch any ball thrown from any quarterback ever. So 
including Tom Savage, Brandon Whedon, TJ Yates, anybody. It doesn't matter who the fuck's throwing the ball. He's catching the ball. doesn't matter who's covering him. He's catching the fucking ball. Catching the ball. 100%. You could could take the best – like, you could handpick the best secondary to play against DeAndre Hopkins. I don't care who's on him. DeAndre Hopkins is catching the ball at some point. Like, you're going to get him a couple of times, but – He's He'll catch that ball with his booty cheeks. He's seen it. He'll he it. he did, but it didn't count, so that kind of sucks. But still, yeah, but it's still really awesome. Obviously, yeah. But uh, besides DeAndre Hopkins being a giant dick freak, we're going to move on to tight ends, and my must-start tight end is George Kittle off a of bye week. Uh, George Kittle, what a pleasant surprise he's been this year. Shout out to Damian for making me keep him. I was going to drop him. He convinced me of otherwise, and now we're playing this week. And I am seven and four, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. George Kittle projected to get 14 points. I'm guessing he's going to have more like 22. I can't remember who you're. You're going to pick up somebody like someone terrible. I'm sure you were going to drop George Kittle for Austin Safarian Jenkins. I think. <laughs> I think that's what you were going to do. Great call. Safarian yeah. Jenkins is awesome. Yeah, he's on the IR, I believe. But anyway, uh, my must-start tight end this week is uh, Cameron Brait versus San Francisco. Uh, that's because O.J. Howard is on IR, and when O.J. Howard's out, Cameron Brait does very well, especially with uh, Winston at quarterback. So I say start Cameron Brait this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Last week, I said to uh, start Eric Ebron. He had zero points. But I do not expect that to happen again this week. I feel like Eric Ebron's going to have a nice bounce back week here. So I'm going to say go ahead and start Eric Ebron. Start him! He almost threw for a touchdown last week. That would have been so sick, dude. Andrew Locke, if he would have made that catch. Can't believe he dove for it. It's fucking. It's because Angelo's a fucking man. Yeah. He'll fucking do what it has to take to win a fucking football game. I want that guy on my side. Same. All right. Quick, quick rundown, Don. Who's your must starts this week? I got. Uh, well, Drew Brees on the obvious side. Joe Flacco on the not so obvious side. Then if Drew Brees does not start, I would say like. I don't know, Philip Rivers or someone like that. And then running backs, I got Philip Lindsay against the Steelers. I got Michael Thomas. Then I got George Kittle at tight end. My must starts quarterback Russell Wilson, running back Mark Ingram versus Atlanta, wide receiver Kenny Galladay versus Chicago, tight end Cameron Braid versus San Francisco. I got uh, Kirk Cousins at QB, Zeke Elliott at running back. DeAndre Hopkins at wide receiver, and Eric Ebron at tight end. Must sits, Don. Must sit. Quarterback, Matt Stafford against the Bears. That Bears pass rush is lethal. Secondary on point. There will be no running game to be had. He's going to be throwing the football. He's going to make mistakes. I say he's not going to have a ton of points. He might end up with, like, 15, 16 points, but as your QB one, that's really not a good day. Yeah, sit Matthew Stafford. Drop him. I don't give him. Yeah, he doesn't even need to be on a roster. Yeah, if you have him, figure it out. 
do a trade, do something. Yeah. Trade them for something useful, like a. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather have Mariota and a bunch of good wide receivers and Matt Stafford. Yeah. Um, my must-sit quarterback this week is Deshaun Watson versus Tennessee. Tennessee is sixth in points to quarterbacks. Uh, Tennessee is just, their defense is very good all around. They've held guys like Tom Brady in check, which Tom Brady's not really having that great of a year fantasy-wise. But um, uh, Deshaun Watson hasn't really been the Deshaun Watson that people who drafted him were hoping he would be. No. He's, uh, he's 11th in scoring this year, which is not good for where you where he was drafted. Um, and, yeah, I think, I think he's probably going to score a couple touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins because it's DeAndre Hopkins. But he's also going to throw a couple picks because that's just what he does all the time. Turnover city. You're not wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say uh, don't start Mitchell Trubisky. I don't like that. He's questionable. Uh, pretty decent chance he could get knocked out of the game, which I wouldn't like to see. Just a risk I'm not really willing to take if I had him at quarterback. So, personally, I wouldn't start Trubisky this week. All right, Don, running back. Must sit running back. Uh, Aaron Jones been on a tear, but he's playing the Vikings of a great run defense. I'm gonna go ahead and say sit him because he's not a tremendous pass threat. Uh, he's in a PPR league, even I don't see him putting up a, a really good set of numbers. So I'm gonna say sit him. All right, my must sit running back this week is Isaiah Crowell versus New England. Uh, I think the Jets are going to get annihilated by the Patriots. Uh, Crowell, surprisingly, still owned in 81% of ESPN leagues. DJ actually owns him in our league. Yo. Um, what? Said, Yo, I started him like twice. Yeah, when you shouldn't have. And then the yeah. weeks that he was really good, you sat him. Yeah. Um, I say bench him this week versus the Pats. Pats are 15th in points to opposing running backs. And Crowell hasn't done shit since week five in Denver. Ouch. But true. Yeah. He did really well week five versus Denver. That hurt a lot. I'm going to go ahead and also do another change on the fly here and say to not start Melvin Gordon against the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. Arizona Cardinals, sneaky good defensively. They are. So, pretty stingy against the run. I don't expect him to have as big a days as he usually does. So, if I had to pick between, like, Cohen and Melvin Gordon, I'd probably take Cohen over Gordon this week. So, uh, don't start Gordon. Unless you have to. I want to make a note of that. Why? Cohen over... Gordon, just so I can bring it back up later if Cohen does shit and Gordon goes off. Or if Cohen goes off and Gordon does yeah, shit. Either way, I can bring it up in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So Don, is your... Yep. Is Cohen, I picked him up in one of my leagues and he has literally done almost nothing for me. 
in PPR format or non PPR, but I don't know. I don't I don't follow him on PPR stats, but I just haven't seen him as much the last few weeks. I feel like Jordan Howard's getting a lot of it, which is strange because yeah, at the been... beginning of the year, I thought Tariq Cohen was definitely kind of taking hold of the reins, and then it kind of reverted back. Yeah. It's actually just been shitty all around for both of them past couple weeks. Yeah. Well, either way. Uh, wide receiver must sit. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say sit Keenan Allen against the cards because he's probably going to get matched up against Patrick Peterson, and I've yet to be wrong about that matchup yet this year. Keenan Allen. Don't start him. If would you, you need trust to put him at your flex? You probably could. Would you trust DeAndre Hopkins versus Patrick Peterson? Because I yeah. think I would. I think DeAndre Hopkins has like six inches on him, so yeah, I probably would. Patrick Peterson's like what six foot six one. DeAndre Hopkins like six four. No idea. And then Keenan Allen's like six foot, at most six foot six one, I think. So, just in height, I think DeAndre Hopkins would do better against Patrick Peterson. But yeah, I mean, he's played like Stephon Diggs is a shorter wide receiver. Emmanuel Sanders is a shorter wide receiver. Keenan Allen's shorter. So he's playing a wide receiver of his height. I would say it's a good matchup. But as far as the taller ones go, I'm not 100% sure how that would go. But anyway, Keenan Allen is my must-sit. My must-sit wide receiver this week is Larry Fitzgerald versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are eighth in points to wide receivers this year. Larry Fitz has been on a roll. Well, kind of a roll for him anyway. He's had double-digit PPR points the last four weeks. Um, but Rosen's his quarterback. It's going to be a long day for Rosen versus this uh, Chargers defense. So, uh, yeah, and the Chargers are coming off a tough loss to the Broncos. So I like uh, Larry Fitzgerald to have a terrible day this week. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say to not start Keenan Allen. Uh, like I said, Cardinals, pretty good defensively. Um, I don't expect him to put up numbers like he usually does. And he probably will be covered by Patrick Peterson a lot. So, that being said, I don't think Keenan Allen would be a, a great start this week. Uh, actually, Don, just so you're aware, DeAndre Hopkins and Patrick Peterson are both six feet, one inch. DeAndre Hopkins is only 6'1". Yeah. Wow, he looks so much taller. He's just lanky as fuck, I guess. But I guess, yeah. All right, tight end. Don, who do you got? Must sit tight end. Jordan Reed, new quarterback. Only got a week to prepare. I'm going to go ahead and say that's probably a bad call. Plus, he hasn't really done tremendously all year. Um, yeah. Last week, he scored 20. Yeah. I've started him most of the year, but there's just been a lot of hit and miss with him, which is strange because I thought, you know, Alex Smith, Travis Kelsey matchup, maybe it'll translate to Jordan Reed. Did not. Uh, surprisingly, it's fucking, it's week 12 and Jordan Reed's still healthy. Surprisingly, that's, that's the biggest surprise of the fucking season right now. It's week 12 and Jordan Reed only has two touchdowns. Yeah, but he's healthy. 
Done. Yeah. Most of the, sure. most years he has more than two touchdowns and he only plays six games. Yeah. So he's healthy, but he hasn't done shit. Right. He's got, he's got 14, 9, 10 by week, 3, 8, 6, 10, 7, 9, then 20 last week against Houston. But, yeah, just just not doing what I thought he would do. Yeah. Um. My must-sit tight end this week um, is Jimmy Graham versus Minnesota. He has a broken thumb. He's questionable in Minnesota's 15th in points to tight ends. And Jimmy Graham, as of late, hasn't been that great. But with a broken thumb, maybe he'll get better. I don't know. I'm going to say don't start Greg Olson this week. He did have a touchdown last game, but I feel like Greg Olson's kind of on the decline a little bit. I feel like he's playing a little too injured. I just don't expect him to have that big of a week this week. You know who you can also go sit this week? Kyle Rudolph. But he hasn't been good since week four. Yeah, he's kind of like in every every week don't start. kind yeah. of 13th in points this year, Kyle Rudolph, as amongst tight ends in PPR. He was good to start the season, weeks one through three, one, even four, and the rest of it's just not good. Disappointing. Yeah. Hasn't found the end zone since week three. It's tough. It's tough out here. Okay. And with that, go over them real quick, fellas. Uh, Mussets, I got Stafford. Against the Bears, Jones against the Vikings, Aaron Jones, that is. Keenan Allen against the Cardinals, and Jordan Reed has a tight end. My must sit quarterback is Deshaun Watson versus Tennessee. My must sit running back is Isaiah Crowell versus New England, which means he's probably going to go off this week. Probably put up 200 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Uh, sit Larry Fitzgerald versus the Chargers, which means he's probably going to have 150 and eight catches, a couple tutters. And Kyle Rudolph and Jimmy Graham this week in that Green Bay-Minnesota matchup sit both tight ends. Yeah, my mind are going to be Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, Melvin Gordon at running back, Ian Allen at wide out, and uh, Greg Olson at tight end. All right. With that, we'll move into our uh, our segments here. Don, do you have a putz for this week? Um, is it Vance Joseph? Because I doubt you have anything to complain this week. Oh, I mean, the Broncos played like the Broncos all game. The defense definitely helped out a lot. A couple picks. Vaughn Miller almost had a pick six. I like that. I'm not going to say Vance Joseph. I don't think he did that poorly. And at the end of the day, uh, it might not even be so much Vance Joseph as it is John Elway. Uh, now that I'm kind of getting deeper into it, just you can only do so much. Um, he took some chances. Uh, he ran a fake punt, went for it on fourth down here and there. 
you know, he, he put his nuts on the table that game, and I, I respect that. I have asked Joseph. something I haven't seen yet. You know, take some chances. Trust your offense. But he ran a fake punt on a fourth and three in, like, a three-point game. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a big fan. My putts of the week is going to be Minnesota's defense for uh, some key penalties that would have forced the Bears to punt. Uh, they ended up losing by five points. So you give Kirk Cousins the ball back here a time or two there. It might not have gone the way it did, but the Bears' defense played tremendously. Either way, a big fan of this Bears team. I really, really hope they win the NFC North and that the Packers don't even make the playoffs. That would be tremendous. As a Bears fan, I hope the same. Yeah. The, I Even, like, before the year started, like, I was thinking they were going to have a good year. And then they dra- then they got Khalil Mack on a trade. I was like, oh, my goodness. Might have something to fuck with here. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's it's come to fruition, which is weird because most of my predictions do not. But, um, yeah, my, my putts is Minnesota's defense just for just stupid, stupid shit. Like throwing a guy out of bounds when he's already out of bounds a couple times. That's not a good call. Oh, that's fine. You know, they run it back to the. 30-yard line, so you throw them out of bounds after that, and now they're at midfield. Good call. But uh, I liked the Bears winning, so it's hard for me to even say putts because I was rooting for that shit to happen. But, yeah, if I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, I'm mad at that defense for mistakes that they made. I hardly got any sleep Sunday night or Monday night because both games, my anxiety was through the fucking roof. I don't know why. I was watching that fucking Charger or that fucking Chiefs Rams game, like, I had something on the line. I did not. I had nothing. Nobody in that game meant anything to me except for, I mean, some fantasy players. But I had one. I won all my games by halftime. I, the fourth quarter meant nothing to me, but I was on the edge of my fucking seat watching the games. Yeah, it's it good. It's good games. Like, watching those close games. If you're just a football fan in general, you get that. Just like holy fuck, but like Denver, I hate watching close games with Denver just because you're you're such a fan that you get so mad when something doesn't quite go right and you're thinking it's the end and then it's not and then you know spike the ball with three seconds left to kick a game winning field goal. That's I love that they won, but I also hate that it had to go to that extent. I'd rather see them win by forty than win in the last second. Yeah, to talk about that Chiefs game, I was down fifty. And I had uh, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, and Travis Kelsey. I ended up winning 115.2 to 115. Nice. Nice. Needed that. That was huge. Those are those games where you hope there's no fucking stack corrections. Yeah. Yeah. I should probably double check that. So (laughs) I didn't mean to make you nervous, but yeah. A point two, yeah, I'd be worried about a stack correction, especially on like with the defenses. Yeah, that'd be bad. I got the dub. Nice. I've lost a couple games this year by point three or less, so that that hurts. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've hardly had any close games this year. I think I either whoop the shit out of who I'm playing, or I get fucking annihilated. Yeah. For the most part, I don't remember what our score was the first time we matched up, but you and you and me, yeah, you won like one sixty eight to one thirty two. 
pretty close then. Yeah, real real close. Anyway, uh, my putts of the week was Carson Wentz. He had a good matchup on paper versus Saints. Saints allow the second most fantasy points. Well, they they did. He 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 helped that average out a little bit. Um, the Saints al- allowed the second most points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, but he goes in and throws three picks, 156 yards, zero touchdowns, gets zero points, garbage week. And uh, I guess I'm also a putz because I said to start him, and he got zero points. Not nice. only not only on the blog did I say you should start Carson Wentz, or on the blog, on the podcast, I said it on the blog as well. So, uh, yeah, I'll just go fuck myself. Yeah, it'll make me look terrible, Carson, you asshole. Piece of shit. You should have stayed out. Do you think if the Eagles had Nick Foles playing, that they'd be doing better? No. Than they are right now? No. No, I think it's so much more than just the offense, just Carson Wentz. I agree. Especially their their secondary is so beat up. Yeah. I don't even do they even have a starting cornerback or safety in I, or do they have I honestly don't even know. I uh, I'm not 100% sure. Well yeah, they're pretty banged up on the on the in the secondary. Yikes. Bundy, do you have anything to uh any person any putts this week? Even though he did have a big fantasy game, big game in general, I'm going to go ahead and say Tyreek Kill is my putts of the week. Oh, boy. You know, you, uh, what, what, they have like a minute or so left, and they force the Rams to punt instead of letting the ball go into the end zone starting at the 20. He tried to catch it, and then what, they started at like the 15 or something? I don't even know if he made it to the 15. He made it to the 15. But not only did you not start at the 20-yard line, you kind of wasted quite a bit of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. It, it's not like the biggest thing in the world, but I mean, when the ball is soaring that far and you kind of realize that the ball's going to go in the end zone, but you still try to catch him and make a play, I understand that. I get what you're trying to do, but in that situation, when... Both offenses were seemingly unstoppable. I'm going to give Patrick Mahomes the best field position as possible. Yeah. Try to score to tie or win the game. And wouldn't that kind of, wouldn't on a touchback, doesn't it go to the 25 this year? Not on a punt. Oh, okay. Well, only kickoff, but, okay. but still, in that Either situation, way. I'm, I'm letting it go in the end zone, giving Patty Mahomes, you know, as much. As much space as possible to try right. to uh, get the team back in the tire win the game. Tyreek did that twice where you should have just let it go in the end zone. Yeah. And like a little you too said, big he, for his britches, maybe. Well, he knows that he can he can turn nothing into something real quick. But here's the other problem with that. The one the first time he did it, it actually got called back for a, a block in the back. Which I mean, when you start run, when you run fucking sixty yards to run four, that's gonna happen. Yeah, and that's exactly. I mean, that's what happened on the first one, and then the second one towards the end of the game, there, he did that same shit, ran like fifty yards to get 
10. Like, I, I understand what he's trying to do, but then again, like, you got to realize, like, you don't have that much time left on the clock. Uh-huh. So, burning the time that he did could have made a – it did actually make a pretty significant difference in how that game ended up. Yeah. It's not even as much about field position at that point. Like, even if he did get the ball to the 25 – wasting 15 seconds when you could have just wasted zero seconds and got it to the 20. That's a big deal. And he's a young player, and I think he boneheaded choices like that. And even, like, the 15-yard penalty after the touchdown he scored. I mean, did it amount to much? No. But in a game that tight, do you really want to take stupid penalties? No. I mean, Emmanuel Sanders... Gets an unsportsmanlike after what he thought was a touchdown. 15-yard penalty reviewed, not a touchdown. Placed at the one-yard line. Tack on the 15 yards. Now you're first and goal from the 16. They lose by three. Like, that matters. Stupid shit like that. In a game like that, it it pays dividends to just keep your head on straight. If you get the game-winning touchdown and there's no time left on the clock, pull your dick out. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Do whatever you want to do. Right. Ten grand ain't nothing to a G. Next time I'll shake my dick. That's fine. Do what you want to do. But uh, do it in like the third quarter in an absolute. Yeah, we got to pick better times. The timing's got to be better. If you're up, if you're up by fucking 40 in the fourth quarter, go ahead. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But when when you're fucking with your ass out, no one cares. Yeah, you're down by fucking six in the fourth with a few minutes left. Don't be doing stupid shit. Yeah, you're just making mistakes. Stupid mistakes, too. But. All right. That being said, my Savage of the Week. Also Tyreek Hill. Oh, my goodness. I mean, really? Like, 200 yards? Ugh. Like, I don't even understand how a human being can be that fast. Not sure how it's possible. I don't know. He's, he would play, okay, so I guess his 200 dash time in high school, I think it was, in high school, his 200-yard dash time would have, or, yeah, 200-meter dash, sorry, thinking English, not metric, but um, his 200 meter dash time in high school would have placed six that like the 2012 Olympics or some shit. I don't remember what the stat was, but he would have in high school, he would have placed in the Olympics. Yeah, it's absolutely retarded. That's insane. Especially because you're like those guys just train on that specific event for years. Mm -hmm. And you would have beat out a few of them. Right. Not even training for that. Like, I imagine Tyreek Hill in high school smoked an ass load of weed and just banged a lot of teenage girls. Like, I that's what he did. Probably sold some drugs. He looks like the kind of guy who, if you saw him at the mall, would definitely have a gun on him. You know what I mean? It's pretty... It's pretty he he just like... looks like he's fresh out South Central L.A., like, just... Re- like... And listening to his interviews, like, yeah, this guy came from a bad neighborhood. <laughs> like, very likely. 
Seems like some profiling more than yeah, anything. Yeah, sounds like some racial pro- profiling, Don. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm not saying he's a bad person or that he did bad things in his life, but he looks like the kind of guy. If it was a white guy doing the same shit, I'd say, yeah, the guy probably smoked a bunch of weed in high school and just banged a bunch of chicks. <laughs> like that's. It sounds like something Tyreek Hill would do. Listening to his interviews, mannerisms, the way he acts. You know, that just it, he's having the time of his life. It just doesn't give a fuck. It's it's nice, but at the same time, in a game that big, when there's so much money riding on it for your team, for playoff spots and home field advantage and shit, you you gotta kind of keep it together. Yeah. Um, my savage of the week was Tyreek Hill. Uh, mostly because he helped me win in two of my three leagues. Uh, he was a big part of my winning. Um. It's a big part of me losing, so that's good. Yeah, for those forty-three PPR points hurt, didn't they, Don? Yeah, it was not fun at all. Um, but they were they were cool for me. Uh, ten receptions, two hundred fifteen yards, two touchdowns, helped me go three and zero again this week. Big fan. I wore my Tyree Kill jersey during the game. It's not even it is mine. I bought it, so I guess it's mine. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, week one, he had 41 points. Week six, 39 points. Week 10, 32 points. Week 11, 43 points. The guy's just off the chain. Here's the shitty part about that, though. This uh, I'm in a 12-man league, and the my playoffs start this week, and Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are on a bye. I got to scrape by and get a win without him. Yeah, that's going to be tough. But Drew Brees is my quarterback, so that helps. And I'm hoping Doug Baldwin does some magic. So we'll see what happens. But, but yeah. Bundy, you have a savage or no? I got two of them, actually. And both of them just happen to play on the same team. <laughs> that team just happens to be my favorite team. Actually, no. I got three of them. Fucking three of them. I got three of them. One of which is going to start with, you know, number four, Dak Prescott. He didn't, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't blow the roof off the place, but he played well after his uh, not so good game last year in Atlanta. Granted, he didn't have Tyron Smith that game and he was sacked eight times, six of which came from one player. But he went in there. He, uh, he was down, or they were tied at, uh, with a minute or so left in the fourth quarter. And he marched the boys down the field to set up Maher with the game-winning field goal. So, uh, you know, it's good to know that Dak Prescott can win you some games at crunch time. Not that he has it before. Let's make that clear. Also, Zeke Elliott. 201 scrimmage yards, 150 or so rushing. Big day for him. One rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. Basically had his way with the Falcons, which was kind of expected. But yet, it's the Cowboys. You never know what's going to happen. And my third set is the, the uh, tackling Dutchman, a.k.a. Leighton Van Der Esch, with the neck roll. The tackling Dutchman. Not the neck roll, but, you know, the fucking whatever you call it. The washboard, the fucking cowboy collar. Yeah. 
Buddy played lights out again. Got a big interception. Set up a touchdown. And uh, it's his uh, second consecutive week with an interception, actually. He's looking, he's looking like a snack right now. I will say that. I did see him with his shirt off, too. Absolute snack. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. Wood fuck. Wood 100%. fuck. 100%. Not only did he save the game against the Eagles, but then again, he also set up a pretty good... Uh, he set up a go-ahead touchdown against the Falcons. With that being said, my uh, earlier... Before the season started, you know, after the draft, I was kind of like playing Van Der Esch. What, what the fuck? But Jerry Jones has surprised me, and he actually made a good pick. Because, you know, Sean Lee can't stay healthy. Hamstring. So now Lane Van Der Esch is starting, and he's making an impact as a rookie. And he's only going to get better. I feel like the Cowboys got something special. Do you think... That because Van Der Esch has played so well, if he continues to play well, do you think that the Cowboys release Sean Lee due to his injury issues? I don't think they'll release him. You think they'll trade him? I don't think they'll trade him either. I feel like that would be a good call for the Cowboys to trade him because I think they can get some good draft picks out of him. I I don't. I don't think anybody's going to want him because of his fucking... His injury issues. Yeah. Why yeah. take a guy who only plays fucking eight to six to ten games a year? Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's yeah. hurting. His, his draft stock might be damaged. Yeah, his stock is definitely is. damaged, but I don't, I don't see them trading him for any reason. Because I mean, he's still got some years of football left, but I mean, he's going to play every single game, probably not. But has he ever? I think he played full 16 games once. Maybe. I don't know. But um, That's a tough position, though. Yeah. Middle linebacker. To go out and start every game for that long, you got to be a special human. But his situation is even worse than normal, I would say, with the injury-prone issue. Well, also, considering the way he plays, he's not gonna sit back and just you know let shit happen he's gonna make shit happen so obviously you're gonna be doomed for some injuries uh update from jerry jones on sean lee as of 20 hours ago will no longer be the starting middle linebacker upon his arrival no they're gonna be rotating him in yeah so i mean that's uh i think maybe there's some uh something written in the sand there do i i mean if they don't get rid of him is he still gonna play yeah I mean, I, I, I personally... He's 32 years old. He's injury prone. Yeah, so, I mean, you're not going to get anything out of him. So, I mean, for me, in the perfect world, I would say, you know, have him play. Like, rotate him in as, like, maybe a third down guy or something. Or, like, make sure him, Van Der Esch, and Jalen Smith are on the field at one time. Yeah. And then... You know, let Van Der Esch get coached by him a little bit more, you know, and brew him up a little bit more before Sean Lee retires. Because, I mean, you're not going to get much for a 32-year-old middle linebacker who's been injured a lot. So, I mean. Yeah. I didn't know he was that old, but, yeah, he's 32. So, I think the perfect play in my head would to keep him just, you know. like Even just for experience. 
Yeah, essentially like player coach, player coach like the young guys and Jalen Smith and Lane Vander. I mean, how many sacks do you think Sean Lee has his entire eight-year career? Considering the Cowboys don't really ever blitz, I'd probably say he has ten. He has three. Five. Ah, shit. I was going to be, I was closer. Yeah. Also, considering they're around a four or three, I mean. Yeah, he's not in the position to get sacks very often. I just thought that was a surprising statistic. Well, the I figured he would have got back there more than that, even, you know. But. Not at all. So, I mean, it it is what it is. He's just like, he's just a read and react, you know, and read the run, read the pass. He's not, they're not going to send Sean Lee, of all people, a fucking buzz to. Plus the QB or anything, so yeah, because he'll die. Yeah, they like to bring up <laughs> edge pressure compared to like middle right up the he middle. Has four fumble recoveries, two of which came his rookie year. Interesting. I don't know. How many injuries have definitely? He has thirteen picks in eight years. So that's pretty good for a middle linebacker. Four of them came one year. Yeah. Pretty good. I mean, he's obviously a great player. Is he a Hall of Fame player? No. But he's uh, definitely nice. definitely a uh, a good player. If I'm the GM. Like, if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm going to be like, yeah, we'll keep you, but we're not going to pay you a fuck ton of money. Mm-hmm. We want you here to more or less, like, mentor <laughs> linebackers that we got going on here. One-time Pro Bowl. Twice, actually, because Luke Keekley was injured for one, so they had to pick somebody, and they picked Sean Lee. So, one legit Pro Bowl, one uh, second thought Pro Bowl. It, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys have never been a great... like they. It's never been a team that people thought great defense, at least not in recent years. So, it's hard to get the spotlight being a defensive player, but I think he's done a lot for uh, the Cowboys, as far as just leadership, even. But he has been snubbed a couple of years at being a Pro Bowl. I will say that. Yeah, I mean, you got a lot of really really young, good players at middle linebacker now. Yeah, nowadays it's kind of tough. But earlier, like two, three years ago, and prior to that, he had leading the team in tackles, leading like the league in tackles, and he still didn't get to the Pro Bowl. So, I mean... Yeah. Pro Bowls, I don't really give a fuck. So, I mean, it's whatever, but... Yeah, you don't necessarily need to go to the Pro Bowl to be an, a great player. Just, I mean, there's a lot of very good players on piss-poor teams. Also, considering it's a lot of fan-based voting bullshit these days, so, I mean... Yeah. Shouldn't be. I mean, you can take that into account, but I don't think it should no. settle it. Yeah, I think that's uh, about all we got for this week. Correct. So we'll move on and uh, give us a follow, give us a listen. Anything but basketball, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at but basketball, uh, WordPress blog. Damien just put one out for this past week's fantasy football. I'll be putting one out for teams on the fringe here either tomorrow or the next day hopefully tomorrow i can sum up the desire 
But there's a lot of teams on the fringe that I think need the uh, spotlight shown on them. Talk about them a little bit. A wild card potentials in the hunt teams. Some good, some bad. So we'll talk about that maybe in our next blog. And we'll post that to our Facebook as well with a link you can follow and read. Uh, But uh, that's all I got for today. So hopefully you guys tune in next week. And we'll go over everything we talked about this week. Hello. Are you hungry and you don't know where to go? Possibly with a group of friends. Want to grab a drink? Want to grab some food? Just so happens I know a place. The Ambassador of Houghton. <laughs> That's a start of pizza. Good pizza. Good subs. Good chicken wings. Altoid Voldarski approved. You want <laughs> They got fish bowls. Want a beer? They got beer. But if you just want a really good pizza... And you want to be with some good company, have a few drinks, your place is the Ambassador Restaurant of Houghton. I was just there today after my uh, tattoo appointment. It was great. Cookie sandwich on point. The dome, too. I didn't even write that one down. So Nice. Very good. All right. I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Bye. See you guys.